Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It is Sunday, February 21st. Uh, that means it's two days after Little Leanne Dolan's birthday, uh, which we'll talk about in a second. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm here in Santa Monica, California, joined by two of my sisters. Monica Dolan, you are in Portland, Oregon. Raining again, Liz. <laughs> Soggy Portland. But rumor has it you were in Los Angeles yesterday, so we'd like to we'd like to hear some details. Uh, Julie, you're in Dallas, Texas. How how is everything there? It's good, Liz. I've been here all week. Didn't make any secret trips. Just uh, <laughs> unpacking boxes. All right. Well, coming up in the show, uh, Julie has you know what will be the first of many uh, 2016. First Lady's Desk reports, because whatever you want to say about the election, on the First Lady's front, it's going to be even crazier. Uh, I'm excited, Liz. (laughs) I'm very excited. Um, There's a fascinating story about David Geffen in today's paper, and I have an etiquette question that arises from that story that I want to ask both of you guys. Like, what would you do in this situation? Uh, Julie, you went to see the movie 45 years. We're going to hear a little bit about it, but it's not a review. No, just comments, Liz. You know, I don't do reviews, but I, I, I can work up ahead of steam just giving you comments uh, about movies. <laughs> okay. And Monica, you spotted a taste trend that you're, you're believing it or you're not believing it. Well, I just think the sister should weigh in on how you feel about this. I think okay. you're going to have some strong opinions. Yay or nay. Oh, Okay. Uh, all right. Well, first, I did have a chance to see Leanne briefly yesterday, Saturday, uh, the day after her birthday. We had, I had sort of tentatively said to her, hey, if, you know, if you and your husband want to do something Saturday night, uh, let me know, you know, it'd be fun to see you for your birthday. And she's like, well, you know, am I, we've often discussed on Satellite Sisters, her husband is not a planner. So I just sort of left this back half of the day open in the event that something materialized at the last minute. And sure enough, it wasn't even the last minute. Sure enough, at 10 a.m., I got a text from Lee and saying, we're at the Getty Museum right now. Do you want to come over here and meet us? And the Getty Museum is on my side of town. For those of you that don't know the geography of Los Angeles, I live in Santa Monica, which is the west side. And Leanne and her husband and kids live in Pasadena, which is really, wouldn't you say, Monica, it's very, very far away from Santa Monica. Well, because of the freeways. I mean, it's an hour, right? An hour and a half, maybe. So it could be an hour. It could be half a day to get from Liam's house to where Liz lives. You know, that's the thing, right? It could be a different state. I mean, it's like, 
It's like Liz lives in Connecticut and Leon uh, lives in Massachusetts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the way it feels most of the time. Anyway, alert, alert. She was up at the Getty, which is in my half of California, uh, not her half, but I was off doing other things in the morning. So anyway, once they wrapped up at the Getty, apparently they just woke up early at their house and her husband suggested, let's go to the Getty, It'd be beautiful up there today. And of course it was. And, but then we had a little rendezvous in my neighborhood for lunch afterwards. So it worked out great. It when it was fun to see her just just a quiet little lunch uh on Montana Avenue, uh but a little chance to wish her happy birthday. She was not super thrilled about her birthday, though she said she had had a good birthday day and but it's just the number seemed to be kind of bumming her out. Last year we had a, you know, a kind of nice special party for her when she turned 50. Uh but you know, some of us know the feeling of turning 51. It's not that exciting. It's not that great. It's really, really not, really not that great. And then by sheer accident, I promise you this was an accident. Uh, Saturday mornings are when I go to the Satellite Sisters post office box. That's when I pick up, our, the, that's my weekly mail um drop where I go get everything. And as we've established here on the show before, usually I just throw it all in the back of my car and nothing happens to it for a while until I get around to opening all the packages, which are usually unsolicited books. That's mainly what arrives uh, at our post office box. So, but yesterday when I went to the mailbox, there was something specifically addressed to Leon. And, uh, and I thought, okay, well, I'll just, I'll see her later today. So I will give this to her. So when she walked into my condo yesterday, there it was a package for her sitting on my, uh, dining room table. And I said, I want you to know this has not been in the back of my car for two months. This actually just arrived today. So maybe it's something for your birthday or something. And she said, oh, okay. She picked it up, ripped it open. And of course it was an unsolicited book. She pulls it out and the book is... Everything you need to know about menopause. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Liz, you can't make that. Dude, it's just perfect. Just You're the so- gift giver, the ultimate <laughs> gift giver, Liz. You know how to be, make a 51-year-old feel good. Feel even set. worse about herself. Uh, anyway, she, I said, you can just throw that away here if you want. I can just, I can put that where I put many of the other books. She's like, no, I'll take it. You know. Uh, anyway, so. That was that was our little birthday day yesterday. But, but Monica, I hear you were also passing through the Southland. I, I was, Liz. I, I was in your neighborhood yesterday where I was at LAX. So last week, I just got home last night, but I went to a convention. Uh, it was in Los Angeles at the LA Convention Center, which I'm sure you're familiar with that downtown. And now yes. I am too. So it was a big international stroke conference. And I don't get to go every year. People in our office take turns going, and I got to go this year, and it was excellent. It was absolutely fantastic. I had a great time. I was kind of dreading it because conventions can be long days, and, yeah. um, you know, and I wasn't that excited about going to downtown L.A., but I loved it there. There's I, a lot going on downtown. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely loved it, and of course the weather was beautiful. I yeah, mean, it's it's in California, so the conference was great. I Can loved- I just ask what happens at a stroke conference? It's hard to imagine. Is <clears throat> it people presenting papers? It, what what actually goes on? Yes, so it's there are five thousand people at the conference uh, from all over the world, and 
it's two and a half days, really three days of presentations. And a lot of it is presenting results from study trials. And that's what I work on. I work on research studies. And so for me, it was really great because for the studies that I work on, papers were presented, big presentations with the results of the trials. Now, some were positive and some were negative, but you still learn something by doing these studies. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a big, long day. It starts at seven in the morning. There's, you know, plenary sessions in the middle of the day. You guys know what that is. I always love that word. No idea idea what that means, but it it happens at conventions. It just means everyone's supposed to go. But where did plenary come from? I think they could just, I don't know what the word means. They should just substitute the word premiere because it's really the premiere session, the plenary session in the biggest room they got. 4,000 people in there. Um, they presented a bunch of awards to older. They all seem to be Swedish stroke doctors. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's good to know. So if I feel like I'm having a stroke, I should go to Sweden? Yeah, they seem to be doing a lot of work there in Sweden. A lot of, you know, real leaders in the field. So that was that was interesting. And then they usually save the most interesting trials that have been going on in the past year, say those results and people get up and present the results and that kind of stuff. So, and a lot of them I worked on and I knew a lot of people there, met a lot of friends. There were other people from work there. It's just kind of run around, but it's a long day. It starts at seven and the conference goes until six at night. And then each night I had a dinner after the conference. Oh, so there was like very busy meetings, Julie. Oh boy, you got to plan your outfits. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, believe me, because you have to wear something that's going to take you from conference to dinner. And <laughs> just you, like they say in all those magazines. <laughs> right. You know? I mean, I, I, I learned a couple things. Uh, I needed band-aids. Uh, <laughs> For your shoes? Because I was going to say, it's all about footwear. Liz, right. Liz told know. us that, right? Uh-huh. It's all yes. about footwear. And seeing I went from, you know, winter rainy weather to, it was 89 degrees when I got to L.A. on Tuesday. Um, so I wasn't wearing socks. So there were some blisters happening, but I got some band-aids. Um, and you just need to wear really comfortable clothes. And the thing is, you go, the rooms go from like stuffy, hot, you feel like you're going to die to freezing cold. So you yes. need some cardigan sweater. So yes. or, I, or pashminas. Yes, I, I think I did pretty well in the outfit department. I was very comfortable and I decided I do not like to stay at the big conference hotels. There's just something about it. My old job, we I had to go to a lot of conferences. I just don't like seeing all those badge-wearing conference goers <laughs> after work. Okay. I don't want to see them out at the pool. I, I just don't want to see them. So uh-huh. you know me. I went with the VRBO, the off-site rental, vacation rental by owner. You did? But, wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's me, Liz. In so downtown I, L.A.? Downtown L.A. I rented... A beautiful, well, it wasn't that beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) A perfectly fine. A perfectly fine. It was a two-bedroom apartment. It was very spacious. Had a big balcony, had a beautiful swimming pool. 
it was a little bit run down. The hallways were a little bit run down. So I arrived on Tuesday and I arranged for uh, Sheila Dolan to pick me up at LAX. She was my pickup. Wow, that's a service that's available? I had no idea. We didn't know. If prearranged, it's available. (laughs) And now that I have complete texting capabilities with my iPhone, she's like, you need to text me. What door are you going to be at? She's, she's, Keeps texting me. I'm circling. I'm circling. So it was really nice. I spent the afternoon with Sheila. That's right. She she took me to the apartment building, which she referred to as The Shining. (laughs) (laughs) So her review might have been different than yours. (laughs) Well, it was it was a crazy place. There were 600 apartments in this place. It was two buildings. There were long hallways. Now, the hallways were very shabby very shabby and that's why Sheila kept turning around to me and you know the way she does she rolls her eyes and like oh my god are you sure you're going to be safe here but I was perfectly safe there I loved it and it was a 15 minute walk to the convention center um, down Figueroa so I feel like I got a little taste of downtown LA and I could go back to my little apartment I didn't know anyone there. It was perfect. I went swimming one day. Maintained your anonymity. <laughs> you no know badges that. at the pool. Yeah, I like to do that. It seems uh, like you were totally undercover, Monica, this assignment, right? You didn't contact you. You only contacted one sister. <laughs> stayed in some strange place. Okay, good. good. Well, like I, you know, I now I toyed with the idea. So I, I stayed over Friday night conference ended Friday afternoon, but I knew Friday night was Leanne's birthday and I knew she probably had plans. So I made plans to meet, you know, my old college roommate who I never get to see and have dinner with her. So I didn't really have time to squeeze in a Leanne visit. Um, I'm sorry, but I was in the neighborhood, but I, I didn't have time to do that. But the other, well, whatever you'd like to say to her, you could say to her right now, for because I'm sure she will listen to this show. So, well, the weather was beautiful. <laughs> um, so I, I also had a chance to try Uber for the first time. So I have the Uber app. I decided that I would walk down to the convention center, but at night after these events, it was about a mile, mile and a half that I would try Uber for the first time um, because I don't have a chance to use Uber in Portland because I I own a car. Uh, Uh, So I don't really need to use Uber. So Uber was fantastic. Loved it. Uh, Now, the first time, I I didn't understand really how the system works, so I kept calling the guy who was coming to get me. Uh-huh. They don't really they don't really like that. It's no. Like- I, I, now I understand that's not necessary. Right. I, I just I didn't really know how I was supposed to know he was coming, that he had accepted my fare, even yeah. though, though I saw the little icon of the car moving around. So that was excellent because the first ride was free. So it didn't cost me anything. I mean, just the ease. It was a very clean car. Uh, they all seemed to drive Toyota Corollas. At least the, the, all the Uber rides I took were Toyota Corollas. Um, very clean. And I love the fact that you just get out at the end. There's no cash. There's no tipping. and That's they, my favorite part. Just yeah, step they, out of the car and walk away. Exactly. There's no receipts for work. It's all done on your phone. So I, I think it worked really well. So we come to the big Friday night dinner with my friend and her husband. I'm excited. I never get to see her. And when I told her about re- uh, dinner Friday night, I said, you know, don't, I knew she was going to stress about the restaurant. 
like I we have to find some place that's I don't know hip or fun but I was like don't stress about it anywhere is fine so I get this tech these texts from her Thursday night oh I didn't think of a place and is there some place you want to go and I was like don't worry about it so I said I'll just look on Yelp so I looked on Yelp and I found this place called Baco Mercat okay I yelped yeah I yelped it it looked good it looked really hip it was pretty. It was in this renovated bank, Mediterranean small plates. It all sounded good. And so my friend is texting me, do you want us to pick you up? I said, no, I'd rather walk. It was about a mile and a half. And the only reservations we could get were at 5. It was either 5.30 or 8.30. So <laughs> said, early bird. Early bird special. I said, let's do the early bird special. Are you sure you don't want us to pick you up? No, no, I'll walk. So, of course, I, I leave an hour early, and it's a mile away, and I get there, and the restaurant isn't even open. Uh, it's, it's, about, it's about 5 o'clock, and I look in, and you can't sit inside, and it's like where the chefs or the wait, waiters are having the meeting about yes. what they're serving that night. So, I'm waiting on the sidewalk, waiting on the sidewalk, and I see, you know, 5.30 comes, and my friend and her husband are not there, um, which is par for the course for them. So I, the restaurant opens, people goes in, people go in. I get a text at five thirty. It says we're here, no rush. The place just opened at five thirty, and I'm thinking we're here. Where? <laughs> Oops. Where are you? I mean, I was like rut row. <laughs> And so I go in the restaurant, I look around, of course they're not there. I've already, I've been there for half an hour staring at the restaurant. I know they haven't walked in the back door. Um, then I asked the person if there's a reservation under their name, no. And I was like, so I texted my friend, I'm like, I'm at Baco Mercat, where are you? And like, what is happening? And did I have the wrong restaurant? And she texted me. She said, I completely screwed up. I'm so sorry. We're at this place called BS Taqueria. Like nowhere near. <laughs> Talk about lost in translation. This is when people should just call each other instead of texting all the time. You know, exactly. it was just... a simple phone call could have prevented all of this. Really, really funny. I'm like, BS Taqueria? Oh, my gosh. I don't even. So I looked, you know, of course, I have my phone. I look it up. It's not that far away. And I said, don't worry. I have Uber. So I called Uber. The guy, this very nice guy came and picked me up. I told him the whole story. I was like, we made plans. I'm at Baco Mercat. There it be, S Taqueria. I don't know where that is, but he takes me there. Once I got inside, it was all good. It was all good. <laughs> we had a fabulous, funny, really fun dinner. Um, just very delicious food. Completely different than the other restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> And they were very apologetic. In fact, and she started texting me saying, she sent me the menu online when I'm in Uber. She's like, look online. We'll order a drink for you. Tell us what you want. I'm like, well, this is getting a little out of hand. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, like, it's only 530. You still have time to order dinner. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you know, I, you know how I don't like to be late, especially for a reservation. So there was a moment of panic, but... Um, Uber really came to the rescue and Ann said, well, you know, this place is nice. I said, yeah, I walked by this place like an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> 
on the way to Baco Mercat, which, you know, that's right. I'll save that for the next trip. And well, Liz, somebody's got to check out Baco Mercat. <laughs> yeah, Liz, maybe I'll invite you and Liam. Okay, all right, that would be good. We'd be happy to come downtown and meet you from our from our yeah. different uh, sections of California. Yeah, it was, uh, but it was it was a fun trip. It was good, very successful. Loved it. Oh, good. That sounds great. Well, Lee, well, Monica, while you were uh, whining and dining in L.A., I, I, I re- have to say I've really gotten involved in the election now. I mean, I know some people are chagrined by the presidential election, that they're just not... Chagrined? <laughs> well, I'm just trying... I was trying to find a word, Liz. I mean, depressed. I don't know. A neutral word? I know. That's right. I, well, maybe they're not that's seeing that's their candidate. But, you know, I run the first lady's desk and this is where I watch, I comment, but I always support all the activities of first ladies slash spouses everywhere. You know, that's I've been doing this for a number of years. It's an award winning segment here yes. at Satellite Sisters. And, and certainly we have a great first lady in Michelle Obama. You know, she's made an incredible contribution. She does everything with style and grace. Uh, but I have to tell you, I am very excited about the spouses of our current front runners. Okay. <laughs> I mean, think about it, sisters. I know. Imagine it's insane. It's frankly insane. I mean, the matchup is insane. (laughs) I know. I know. This is going to be so awesome. Bill Clinton, the original big dog, (laughs) back in the White House with no boundaries, no filters. You know, he always thinks he's the smartest person in the room, and he probably is. Okay. I mean, this week alone, he was explaining the Human Genome Project. Okay. Did you see that? He's the philosopher king. Forgetting the philosopher king. I mean, he is going to be- He's rested. He's ready, Julie. He's rested and ready. You know, if, if- if Hillary wins every single day, it's going to be all about Bill Clinton. Don't you, don't you know that? Every day we're going to have stuff to talk about because of things that our Bill is doing. Now, on the other side, we have Melania Trump. Come on, people. Okay. <laughs> we are now going to find out what Slovenia is all about. Do you understand this? People, it's going to put Slovenia on the map. I mean, she is the first supermodel that we've had as a first lady, which is really quite exciting. Potential first lady, please. Potential first lady. Potential first lady. Okay. All right. I mean, it's hypothetical. Yes. Yes. With this in the running, in the running, there she is, Melania Trump. Okay. I mean, they, we are going to be eating. I looked up what the national dish of uh, Slovenia was this morning, because I thought, that's what they're going to be serving at the White House. I mean, it's going to be all dumplings, cabbage soups. Apparently, there's a lot of soup in Slovenia. So we can be look forward to that. Okay. I don't know, Julie. I look at Melania, and she doesn't look like cooking is her thing. No, uh, no, I know. But- or even eating. <laughs> I, those two things, I'm not sure, are really what she's going to focus on uh, during her tenure in the White House. But you're right. There will be a natural instinct to return to some cultural roots. Yes, I think so, Liz. I think that will be exciting. And she says, she, you know, in, in statements that she sees that she feels like if uh, if Donald wins, the Donald wins, that she uh, her role models would be Betty Ford, which uh-huh. I do not see <laughs> Melania Trump and Betty Ford at all alike. <laughs> Or Jackie Kennedy, but oh. she sees herself in a much more traditional role. That's what she said. Okay. And uh, but I, I just I just feel like 
again, every day there's going to be stuff about either Bill or Melania in the news. It's going to be very exciting. The first lady's desk here at Satellite Sisters. Well, it's... I, I think it's the best part about the election so far. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah. I was watching the returns from South Carolina last night and uh, Melania spoke and that was the first time I had seen her at a big rally actually take her moment. So yes. you know. she's got her, she's got her speech down. He will be the best president. That's what she <laughs> says. Okay. That's her line. She knows she, she's just, She's she's something. Donald Trump turned to her and said, "Say something, Melania," and that's what she did. She she said he will be the best president. So she's going to be good. She's going to be very good. And it's always been important to you at the first lady's test that we not not mock any of the first. No, ladies. I'm not so, mocking. Yes. No, I, I that's this oh, is just oh, we are observing the people that are in the running for the gig, right. and they they it's a pretty dramatic difference. You're correct. <laughs> The big dog versus the supermodel from Slovenia. Oh, holy moly. All right. Well, speaking of other big dogs from New York, there is a fascinating story in the style section of today's New York Times about uh, David Geffen. Now, I'm sure most people have heard of David Geffen. He's a billionaire. He made his money, like, in the early 70s. He was the guy whose record label uh, produced Joni Mitchell and the Eagles. And then he sold that company. And then he started this other little thing called DreamWorks with his friends Steven Spielberg and Jeffrey Katzenberg. And he, you know, he's no longer part of DreamWorks. But anyway, he's a guy who's, he's, he's, he's a billionaire. And, but... He spent most of his career here in Los Angeles. Uh, I think I've even previously mentioned his Malibu beach house. Have I not? Yes, yes, you have. <laughs> because yes. you saw it, Liz, when we were on that beach. Yes, yes, because he had a big triple-sized, uh, triple-lot uh, beach house on the stretch of beach in Malibu that they call Billionaire's Beach. And the reason I'm familiar with it is because he was required by law to put in public access right there because the California law is you have to give the public access to the beach all the way along the beach. And he refused to do that for a long time and finally they sued him and he did it so Ferris and I used to go when we would go to the beach we would park right in front of David Geffen's house and use David Geffen's walkway <laughs> to just romp on David Geffen's beach and uh, it just always made me laugh now they have a giant no dogs sign up there by the way but early in the days I think he was just hoping nobody would notice that that's where the public access was so there wasn't any kind of sign anyway David Geffen has decided that his days in Los Angeles are over, that he's originally a boy from New Utrecht High School in Brooklyn, and he's just headed home to, to New York. He wants to, he's what, I think he's 73 years old now, and he just decided that he wants to go back to New York, end his days there, and become quite active in philanthropy. Which And he's given away hundreds of millions of dollars here in Los Angeles, by the way, to uh, the UCLA Medical School and to all kinds of things all over town. Um, there's a Geffen Theater. He's, you see the Geffen name uh, on a lot of things. So anyway, so he's... He moved back to New York now, and this story in the Sunday Times is fascinating, largely because he's had such an interesting life. Like, for instance... Did you know, sisters, Monica, I'm sure you could even hum this song, but that 
David Geffen is the person of whom Joni Mitchell sings in the song Free Man in Paris. Oh, yeah. You know, of course I knew that. I did not know that. And anyway, so Free Man in Paris, I'm fettered and alive. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that was David Geffen. That was 1974, Court and Spark. And he's just been plugging away, having a fascinating life all of this time. But many of the people um, interviewed for the story, it's quite an interesting collection of ladies, Julie. Uh, uh-huh. First of all, Mr. Geffen himself declined requests to be interviewed. And uh, I, I laughed at this part because the email that he sent back to the reporter at the New York Times just said, write whatever you want. <laughs> okay. I guess, you know, at this point, you're a billionaire, you're back in it. Like, what do you care? Write whatever you want. So uh, she did. But, so, but some of his friends spoke to her. And so uh, there are quotes in here from Tina Brown. Of course, you would imagine mm-hmm. that Tina Brown and David Geffen would be friends. And one of the things Tina said is that, um, oh, David got bored with Los Angeles a long time ago. So that's one of the many reasons he's, uh, he's back in New York. Other women quoted widely in the story include um, – Let's see who else was in here. Oh, the uh, Rupert Murdoch's ex-wife, Wendy. She's in here quite a bit. Uh, They talk about uh, what close friends he always was with Nora Ephron. And um, so that makes you a little sad. Anyway, quite. Oh, and of course, Diane von Furstenberg is quoted at length in the story. So he had like a pretty good group of women that that he hung out with. So you got to love him for that. But here's the thing. So he's back in New York. And he has uh, publicly announced that he's going to give away his fortune. And this fall, uh, he gave a big chunk of money, $100 million, to Lincoln Center. And yes, and in exchange for that, so that's going to cover, what does it say here? Cover 20% of the estimated cost to to renovate the Symphony Hall, which was originally built in 62. So he's giving them $100 million. But in exchange, what was formerly Avery Fisher Hall has now become David Geffen Hall. And how how does Avery Fisher feel about that list? Well, here's the thing, Julie. I think... Avery himself is dead. Uh, <laughs> I, assume, I assume so. But when, I, when he heard the news. With the story list. So, yes. The but, Fisher family. Yes. So, so Avery Fisher's name was on the building for 42 years. They gave $10.5 million in 1973. And, uh, but now, because as a part of the David Geffen deal, he gave them $15 million to just go away, as the story says. So, he paid the heirs $50 million. Uh, well, it says Lincoln Center paid them, but I'm pretty sure that that money also came from David Geffen. And for $100 million, he slapped his name up there. So this is my etiquette question. Like, how do we feel? I know how I feel about this. I feel like it's the equivalent of, like, if I really made a big uh-huh. and I changed Carnegie Hall uh-huh. to Liz Dolan Hall. <laughs> I'm just not sure that is, is really appropriate. I know that Avery Fisher Hall is not as old as Carnegie Hall, but still there's something about the history of the names and the culture of New York that I just really don't like seeing Avery Fisher's contribution to uh, building Lincoln Center wiped away. But 
Anyway, I'm just wondering how you guys felt about that. Like, is it cool for him to just give the $100 million and rename the building? And if you had $100 million and could rename something after yourself, is there anything you would really want uh, your name on? Hmm. Well, first um, of all, there seems like there's plenty of buildings that don't have names. And so why didn't he just go with another? Why does he have to? I mean, that building already had a name. Yeah. So why yeah. not just find some other way to, yeah. you know, uh, to. Like uh, the one know. right next to it, the Metropolitan yeah. Opera House? Yeah. Or, sure, would would you like the David Geffen Opera House, Julie? Yeah, sure. Whatever. The whatever, one right wherever. across from it, the New York State Theater? Maybe the and, David Geffen and, State Theater? Yeah, anyone. Or the plaza, the fountain. It could be the David Geffen fountain. That would be nice. That would be nice. I don't know why he had to take some name off. I do believe this was part of an episode of a new show that's on called The Billionaire. Where billions. They, it's called Billions. Bill, on billions. And they paid off some family to get rid of, to because he wanted to rename a building. Yes. So, so that, that mm. was it. So I think that's... I just, I don't say, I, first of all, I wouldn't want my name on a building. So that, uh, that's the first thing. But if, if you insist on having your name on a building, uh, just go find your own building or build your own building. That's what I think would should be standard protocol. Or, or you're, you're a man who's been in the music business your whole career. Why not name it after a musician? You know, when, how about the Joni Mitchell Hall? I would be yeah. totally fine if he named it Joni Mitchell Hall. Yeah. Anyway, Monica, you were jumping in. What were you saying? Well, I, I'm absolutely fine with it, with David Kevin Hall. You are? Uh, they needed the money, you know, to sustain the building. And he gave them the money. He gave them millions and millions of dollars. So mm-hmm. I'm absolutely fine with him insisting that his name is on the building. I mean, I'm just used to it. Everyone's, there's a <laughs> name, there's advertising on everything. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the David Geffen School of Medicine, for God's sakes, at UCLA. But you know what? I'm fine with that because he had money, he made money, and he gave it. Um, so I'm absolutely fine with Avery okay. Fisher name coming off. They had their time. You know, <laughs> maybe they the Fisher family, the, their money was used up, and they needed someone else to step in and take over sustaining the building. So I'm absolutely fine with the David Geffen Hall. Mm-hmm. Okay, Liz, what do you think? What, what is, what's your point of view? I'm not for it. I, just as I said, like the, sort of preserving the history of some of these cultural institutions in New York. Like I understand people build a new stadium and they call it Qualcomm Stadium or whatever it is. I get that, Monica. You're right. The super commercial versions of that. But cultural institutions that have a sense of history to them, I don't know. Like, I'm just not, and like Julie, I think that maybe putting my name on everything would not be my first instinct either. You know, that's why I think I would be totally yeah, happy. He doesn't seem to have a problem with that. <laughs> no, clearly he doesn't have, a doesn't have a problem with that. Just and, building these monuments to himself. He didn't build, he didn't build it. But, yeah, yeah. You know. But is there, okay, does anyone have a building they would like to name after themselves? It would, like, no. No, no, I don't. I don't. No, I don't. I'd be really embarrassed. I think that's it's a big old waste. I mean, I think you should you should give away your money and contribute as much as you can. Right. But I don't. I don't need to have a building named after me. Mm-hmm. All right, Monica. I'm guessing you're not. Yeah, that's not your thing either. That's not my thing. I'd have to think about what I would want my name on. Yeah. Do you got a building in mind, Liz? That you, that you can secretly. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking like what is formerly just the West LA Animal Shelter. Maybe should be oh. the Ferris Bueller Dolan Animal Shelter. Oh, 
<laughs> Named after the most noble beast ever. <laughs> to right? come out of the West L.A. shelter. Exactly. <laughs> Stephen Liz. You know, there's a fascinating documentary on David Geffen that uh, Masterpiece Theater does that, or Masterpiece does that um, series called American Masters. Oh, really? And, yeah. Uh, I they, they did one on David Geffen. It's really interesting. You know, he's the one that discovered Laura Nero. And for that, I will be forever grateful <laughs> to David Geffen. That's how he got into the music business in New York. Oh, really? Yeah. He was the one that discovered Laura Nero. And, of course, uh, you know, everyone that I love, Jackson Brown, uh, Joni Mitchell, the Eagles, all that kind of California music. Um, so I, I just I feel grateful for David Geffen. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's out there, man. He's a character. <laughs> yes. Yes. He's a character. You should see that documentary. Okay. I, I, I will do that. Yeah. Well, yes. Well, uh, we're grateful to the, the author of this story, Laura Olson, is a friend of Satellite Sisters and has actually been a guest on our show before. So this morning I enjoyed her story so much, I texted her to uh, tell her that and that I especially laughed and when he, when he <laughs> said, write whatever you want about me. Because I'm sure, as a reporter for the New York Times, nobody has ever said that to her before. <laughs> and... Um, and she texted me back. She said, you realize I write just to make you laugh. So that's <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> that, that certainly did. So I will check out that documentary, though, Monica. That sounds good. All right, sisters, on a much smaller scale, I have a real estate question for you. Now, as you both know, because I'm you're probably tired of hearing about it, I did just buy a house and uh, move in. This is our... Empty nester, dream house, two-year search. Yes, scaled down. Scaled down. Open plan. You know, I'm still, you know, just working on getting everything in the right place. Well, it happened this week. My dream house here in Dallas, Texas. One that I, like, go out of my way to drive by. This is just a perfect little house. Just came on the market. Oh no! Yes, yes. Like so, I it's mean, a, so it's a dream house, not like completely out of range dream house. This is well, a dream I, house I, that I, was I, your. I saw the price of it. It's completely out of range. Oh, so okay. Phew. It's a dream house. <laughs> so, but my question to you is, uh, should I should I buy? I mean, they're having an open house today. So oh, I'm really hang, hang up right now and go. Really? Yes. But see, I'm always, I I never know what to say to those real estate agents that are always standing at the front door saying, hello, what are you looking for? How can I help you? Uh, And I, you know, I don't know. Do I just say I'm just being nosy or what, what do you say when you're really not, you're not going to buy the house that you're. Oh, I do this all the time. What do you, Uh, I know, you know how I love an open house. I just say, I live in the neighborhood. I might know someone who's perfect for this. Oh. Yeah. I I say, I just put my hand up. I say, just nosy neighbor, nosy neighbor. (laughs) (laughs) Taking my shoes off. Nosy neighbor. Maybe (laughs) I'll just say that. Um, That's it. So just totally cop to it. Just cop to it. That you are not a buyer. I'm not a buyer. Yeah. But but they need the word to spread so you can still be helpful. You know, the nosy neighbor. But Monica, would now that you're on that website in your neighborhood, you can just spread the word, right? Yes. Whatever that thing was called. But you, okay, so I'm really helping them with their marketing plan. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Yeah, so you, I, don't don't get all wistful and you know sad when you go in the perfect house. The perfect house. I don't know. I mean, yeah. it, it might be a big try, try to look for flaws. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, Monica, that's very positive. That's that will be my approach. And then go home to your own new house. No, it just it is it is you know there you know how there is there that you draw there's one house that yeah that falls to you yeah that really you just oh it's so different or unusual or just everything about it. This was that house. And that we kept saying to our real estate agent, well, we'd like a house like this one on that street. You know, that's, <laughs> and now that's what, that's what, but, but the good news is it's well out of our price range. Okay. So, uh, so I, you. And, and, and I'm never moving again. That's, that's it. So, but I will be nosy and I'm going to go over and check that out. So, all right. Well, that's good advice. Now I know what to say. Oh. Just cop to it. Just, just, okay. All right. I might know someone. Oh, okay. Good, good. Well, sisters, I also wanted to tell you, I went to see, I'm trying to see a lot of the Oscar movies. I know you, I know you both are, do a really good job of seeing most of the Oscar nominated movies before the Oscars, which I normally don't, but this year I, I'm trying. And so I went with a couple of my uh, girlfriends to go see 45 years. Uh, have you, you know, this is the Charlotte Rampling movie. She's nominated. Yes. Uh, and it's about a long marriage, 45 years of marriage. Okay. And I'll just tell you right off. Sounds uh, a thing to does me. sound like a sentence. <laughs> I like, wah, wah. <laughs> 45 years. Remember, neither of us are married. <laughs> I know. I know. Sister. So it might be more interesting to us than it would be to a longtime married okay. person. Right. It may be. In, in a sort of anthropological kind of way. Okay, I, I'll just stipulate both Charlotte Rampling and Tom Courtenay, who are in this Courtenay, who are in this movie, are excellent. They the acting is excellent. But who would like this movie? I'll, I have I've made a list of of I think people that would enjoy Forty Five Years. I mean, if you're a kind of a little tired and you're looking for a place for for a doze, this movie is. <laughs> Because you are not going to be interrupted by any of the action in the movie. There is no action. You know, this is one of those movies they say is subtle, you know, you know, subtle. It is very subtle. Okay. It takes place over a week's time. By Wednesday of this week in this movie, I thought, I am never going to make it to Saturday. In this okay. you, who else would enjoy this movie? If you like bleak English landscapes, this is the movie for you. You know, sort of midwinter, you know, barren, lots of wind, rain, you know, sort of like, Monica, you, get that, that, you know what I'm talking I, about. I have that right outside. <laughs> Portland, yes. Sounds like sounds like Wuthering Heights, right? If you like movies that leave you hanging, so after this incredibly long movie, the four hundred and fifty years of the forty-five uh, year movie, uh, you're left you're left hanging at the end of the movie. So it's not you don't even get a satisfying ending. I'm just telling you that I'm not. It's not a spoiler. <laughs> Who else would like this movie? If you are suspicious of married couples, this is the movie for you. Like. <laughs> You never believe that, you know, that uh, in the happy marriage thing, that's fine. Okay. If you don't believe in the institution of marriage, this is the movie for you. Okay. I'm telling like that. So far, none of these things describe you, Julie. No, right. If you, if you don't like old people, okay. <laughs> and particularly old people in their underwear, this is the movie for you. Okay. Okay. 
I think it's a movie for you if you're thinking of breaking up with your partner, okay? Like, you don't think you can go to the distance? This movie is about the distance, okay? So, you, so this is, you, it may, you may find it very reassuring, you know, if you're going to break up. If you're engaged get, to get married or you're into engaged, do not go see this movie. <laughs> this you, I mean, I, I just, so, I'm just telling you, it was uh, it was a lot to see. Okay, as a married person, it was a lot to see. I don't. I think even if you're not married, you're going to find this movie a lot to see. Mm-hmm. But that does. I mean, the acting is very good in it. So, <laughs> so, so there you have it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is it. Wow, not it, rushing it, right out. I'll tell yeah, you that. You know, it'd be a good day for a nap for me so maybe yeah like monica if you would like to take a nice snooze this is the movie you can like go to sleep on monday and wake up on thursday and you'll still be fine in this movie go late oh okay well i'm kind of sorry to hear that because it's nice to see like a actress of a certain age like yes charlotte rampling get nominated for good work late in her career but okay that's enough good Good luck on awards night, uh, Charlotte, but we're not seeing your movie. (laughs) Okay, I have another movie I can recommend that people not see. But but luckily for you, I don't think most of you will be tempted to see it because it's only available on planes now. So I was was coming home to L.A. late Friday night. So... So Monica, I wouldn't have been available for dinner anyway, even if you, oh, had, you even oh, if you had thought of me. Did I you get my text? Did <laughs> <laughs> you get my messages? Oh, you're out of the country. No problem. Yeah, so I was coming home and uh, wanted to watch something sort of like fun and comedic, like as a movie. Going through the uh, the selection on the plane, and there was a movie that looked cute. It was called Sleeping with Other People, and it starred. Allison Brie and uh, Jason Sudeikis. That does okay. look kind of cute, doesn't it? Yeah, wouldn't you see that if you just saw that? Uh, okay, so certainly on a plane, I would go for that. Yes, yeah. you wouldn't pay money in a theater, right? But... You have much different standards when you're trapped in an aircraft. Yeah, yes. So, um, so I start watching this movie, and it's, it's there's something is really throwing me off. I was some from the very beginning. I'm like, wait, this is not what I expected. And then I realized it's because in my head, I totally confuse Allison Brie with Brie Larson. <laughs> oh. I, I was expecting to see Brie Larson. Uh, and that's a completely different person than Allison Brie. But I never quite know who Allison Brie is because the people who know and love Allison Brie, you know, they're like, wasn't she on Mad Men? I mean, I know her from Community. Anyway, so about, it, was, it, it took me about 10 minutes to realize that is not Brie Larson at all. That is Alison Brie, but okay, but I'll give it a go. And it's a it's a movie about two sex addicts trying. Oh, well, that's a cheery <laughs> subject right there. Okay. Well, I mean, comedic possibilities, Julie. You have to admit. Yes. Um, but it just it just was not funny. It oh. just really, really was not funny. So uh, if you get a chance to see Sleeping With Other People because you're in the mood for uh, like a slightly funny, sexy, sweet, occasionally raunchy movie, I would recommend seeing Trainwreck with Amy Schumer <laughs> because that <laughs> nails all of those things. But Sleeping With Other People, like, no. After about 40 minutes, I just I turned to some other thing I had never heard of. So I just wanted to clarify that, that Alison Brie 
and Brie Larson are two separate people and that if you want to see sleeping with other people, you should see Trainwreck. Okay. <laughs> That's quite a review, Liz. <laughs> Have I cleared up any confusion about those things? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> Monica, you had a trend I, you yeah, wanted to bring to our attention. A little food trend that I saw in the New York Times this week. And when I read the headline, I thought, that's not right. You know, that's not right. But I thought, I'll just read the article, give it a go, read the comments, like to know what the sisters think. So apparently, savory oatmeal is a trend. So, you know, oatmeal, I feel like, should be eaten with milk, some brown sugar, maybe a little bit of butter, maybe some blueberries on top. But apparently, chefs around the country are realizing that oatmeal is the perfect base for things like bacon and goat cheese. And there's a recipe in here. It's like apples and melted cheddar cheese and garlic. And people are into savory oatmeals. Um, so there's a recipe in here. I, I thought I might try it. I'm, I'm willing to try one recipe. It was with wilted spinach, garlic, mushrooms with an oatmeal base. Now, what do you think about savory oatmeal? <laughs> well, well, can I ask a question? What, what time of day are we supposed to be eating this? Are, is this savory oatmeal for breakfast or savory oatmeal? Savory oatmeal for breakfast. Savory oatmeal for breakfast. You know how people like yeah. savory breakfast. I had a nice I, savory breakfast yesterday ooh. by LAX. Um, near in your neighborhood, Liz. But okay, yeah. I, oh, I, oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't get that text her, either. She was Monica was actually in your kitchen. Savory oatmeal. <laughs> you just didn't notice her. I didn't see you, Liz. I am conceptually um, open to the idea of savory oatmeal. It sounds like something I might enjoy. But the recipe you just read. Did not sound good to me. I don't want garlic for breakfast, and I yep. don't want wilted anything for breakfast. <laughs> but if you, but some of the other things you mentioned, I could, I could totally see doing that. There's no reason oatmeal has to be sweet. Right. No, like, I mean it's just like grits, cheese. Monica. It's like grits. You could well, put it I with, you know, better, <laughs> better well, than grits. It's but it's the same. It's the same consistency. You could, you know, and it has, it, you could go savory. I would be definitely interested in trying savory oatmeal. Okay. All right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try this one thing and then I'll, I'll let you know, report back on my findings. But, um, I, I, I'm going to, I'd rather have the milk and brown sugar. <laughs> okay. Well, that is your right. It's your breakfast. <laughs> But speaking of reporting back on your findings, when you and Sheila were together, was there any talk of renewing a, a lab rats test or two? Maybe savory oatmeal is something you guys could each do. Maybe it's interesting. We did have a trip to the grocery store together. And I said grocery and not grocery. We went to, <laughs> Sheila took me to Ralph's uh -huh. and it was one of the downtown. It was one of the nicest Ralph's she said she'd ever been in. She kept me wanting trying to get me to buy all these prepackaged foods, but I just wanted stuff for my little rental apartment. So we did have a grocery store trip, but there was not any lab rats talk during that trip. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. Um, always ready for a revival, the lab rats. Okay. You, you know how much email we get about that. All right. So speaking of email, there were a couple of things in our Facebook group this week that I just wanted to 
mention. First of all, remember, you can always join our Facebook group. Super easy to do. Just search Satellite Sisters. There's a Facebook page you can like that's our fan page where we do all the posting. And then the Facebook group you can join. And that's where everybody posts and everybody comments. And it's a lot of fun. You can also follow us on Twitter or at Sat Sisters. If you want to follow me, I'm at SS Liz. Um, anyway, so a couple of things on the Facebook uh, group uh, this week. First, Nancy posted a message just that just said, "Let me know if this works." <laughs> Liz, I saw that. But Nancy, that just made me laugh. Obviously, it made all three of us laugh. <laughs> I, we're, the we're, message worked. The message worked. So I just liked it. Is Nancy, so I hope you got my like. Yes. I, so obviously, you must have been having some trouble with your Facebook commenting or didn't know if we had approved your membership in the group, whatever. Anyway, Nancy, it works. Welcome to the group. Uh, then Julie, Samantha posted the results of a poll that said Seattle has more Downton Abbey fans than any other city. I was kind of surprised to hear that, but you're, you and Leanne host Downton Gabby every week. I'm wondering what you thought about that. Well, I think that most of the fans in Seattle listen to Satellite Sisters. Ah. And so that's why they're, um, so, uh, that's why they have so many fans. And they're okay. stuck inside, Liz, on Sundays. That's it. It's okay. raining every Sunday in Seattle. So they have nothing else to do. No. All right. Uh, then Linda wanted to uh, make sure that you, Julie, knew how much he agreed with your position on slips. And because you had said that. When... I thought I was alone in the world, Liz. No. I thought I was the last woman in America still wearing a slip. And now we have a slip subgroup. Yes. Forming at Satellite System, Yes. Which is did. not easy to say. Yes. So Linda agrees with you on that. And Susan took it a step further. Because I think Susan also probably heard you talking about the generational divide between you and Leanne on the Tuesday show about many things having to do with like Hillary Clinton and all kinds of people. But you, you constantly refer to the having had to wear the floppy ties in the eighties when you Uh were, when you were breaking the glass ceiling on behalf of all of us. So, uh, so Susan not only agrees with your position on slips, she posted a photo of some of the ties that she had to wear from the 80s that apparently she still has. That so. was an incredible photograph. <laughs> uh, I mean, that should be in the Smithsonian. I mean, really. I mean, that is like a time capsule there to have those yes. ties. Yes. So yeah. millennials, if you're wondering what Julie and her generation including Hillary Clinton, did for you. That's what they did for you. You don't have to wear those things. That's right. That's what I said. Taylor Swift is on my shoulders, Liz. (laughs) She is the incredible person that she is today because of my generation. Yeah. And then finally, speaking of the presidential election, Terry posted a photo of President Bartlett. And just wanted, I just want you to know, Terry, I'm so with you. Like in this crazy, crazy election cycle that we are in, I also think every day about wouldn't it be great if President Bartlett uh, was actually in the running? Um, As many of you know, he was the president in the better world known as the West Wing. And um, anyway, President Bartlett, we're, we're thinking of you. So just a few of the things happening over there on Facebook. Uh, 
Anything else going on? You got? I didn't even mention. You know, I was like, I got caught in the middle of a police action this morning. Did I tell you this? No. What happened was <laughs> the. I well, I. It's uh, you know, Ferris eats the breakfast of champions, which Monica is not uh, savory oatmeal. If you are an old sick dog, it's steroids. He has prednisone for breakfast every day, and. <laughs> So, but you know, it's been keeping him together for three years. So, uh, you know, every couple of months I need to renew his uh, prescription and his vet is up in Malibu. So I, it's a beautiful drive up Pacific coast highway, you know, like 15 miles or something doesn't take long right along the Pacific ocean. So I went up there this morning to refill his prescription for prednisone. And as I'm coming back down Pacific coast highway, like a sheriff blew by me going super fast. And Pacific Coast Highway is the kind of road that you see in the news all the time or you hear in the traffic reports all the time because it is not very wide. And so you're constantly hearing that either A, it's been closed down because a boulder fell down from the mountains and was blocking all of Pacific Coast Highway, or B, you know, somebody driving a Ferrari 126 mile an hour wrapped themselves around a tree and that has closed Pacific Coast Highway. So the moment I see the sheriff going by me, I'm thinking, uh-oh, something bad is happening down there and I might not get home in time because there's no exit also from PCH as we call it here. You know, Monica, I'm sure you've driven up and down PCH many times. There's like, there's no other way around. It's kind of a choke point. Yeah. So not very far ahead of me. So I, I carried on for like a mile and then all of a sudden the traffic stopped and I could see not too far ahead of me. That's where the sheriff was. The lights were still on. There were cars pulled over. I assumed it was a car accident. But then two more sheriffs arrived, uh, lights blasting, horns, the whole thing. Then the LAPD chopper arrived, right? So the LAPD chopper is circling over the scene. At this point, everyone on PCH, including me, we're getting out of our cars because we're clearly not going anywhere. And that's when we hear from the chopper, the actual announcement that you've heard on TV many times. Get out of the car slowly and put your hands up. Oh, wow. That's scary. It's kind of scary. Yeah, that's when I got back in my car, Monica. Because yes. then you really don't know what's happening. Then I thought it was just something, you know. You some thought it was maybe a Hollywood star. It was yes. a Kardashian car accident. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Those all happen on PCH. Uh-huh. Mel Gibson, that's always on PCH. All of those things happen on this this very stretch of road. Anyway, so there were just a lot more cops arrived. The helicopter was there for a while. Uh, whatever it is, this is really the world's most disappointing story because whatever it is just sort of cleared up. And they opened the road again. And as we went by, I could see there was somebody in the back of the police car. And there was a car with Utah plates just kind of parked there. But there was also another car with California plates. So there you have it. I have no idea what happened. Uh, Very disappointing <laughs> ending. I could. I, I wish I could make something. I, I actually meant when I got home, I meant to like Google it or something to see if there was any kind of Kardashian involved because that is what you expect on PCH. But anyway, so got home in time to do the show. Just want just wanted to let you know the quick trip up to Malibu. Um, it all went okay. So coming up this week, Julie, you and Leanne have a have a show yeah, on Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday, down Gabby, coming back on Tuesday. You know the the episodes are getting very very exciting. The season has progressing. 
things are happening and we're, we're giving you the whole lowdown um, on Downton Gabby. That's another thing I noticed on the Facebook group now. There are a lot of people posting their theories about what's happening right, on Downton right. Abbey, which I enjoy. Mm-hmm. There was a theory posted this week that at first I thought, wow, wouldn't that be great if that was really what it was? You know, the sort of, I'll just say the Mrs. Simpson theory. Yes. And, yes. Uh, but anyway, I mean, that, that may have been historically already tossed out. Anyway, the, uh, okay, Tuesday show coming up. Uh, if you ever want, we have hundreds of shows, by the way, in case it's possible that this is one of the first or one of the few shows you've ever listened to. Uh, go to iTunes, search on Satellite Sisters under comedy, and you'll see that we have hundreds of shows there. What's really great for us is when you uh, subscribe to the show, then it will automatically download for you. And if you like our show, please, uh, if you find time to review it on iTunes or on Stitcher, that's really helpful too. We're having a few glitches over on our website at SatelliteSisters.com, but you can find all of the shows always at iTunes, at Stitcher, or at any of the apps that you can listen to podcasts on so there you have it all right everybody have good? A good week monica you home all week you home all week yeah recovering from my trip <laughs> liz <laughs> you you're gonna be on to some more airplanes this week? Uh, there are a few more airplanes this week yeah oh. a few more airplanes but then the weekend after the weekend of march 4th is when march i am in bend what You'll be in Bend. I'll be in Bend. Right. I'll be in Bend for the Muse Conference. So check that out. If you're anywhere up in the Northwest and you want to spend a beautiful weekend in Bend, uh, including you, Monica, did you get my text? (laughs) (laughs) That's a joke, right? (laughs) No, no, I did not text you about it, but feel free. Join. I even have an extra ticket. Uh, Anyway, our, our niece Fiona and I, we will be on stage on Saturday afternoon at the Muse Conference. So that will be a lot of fun. The headliner uh, is Sharon Abadi, who, not for nothing, won the Nobel Peace Prize. Okay? So I hope we don't have to come up on stage right, up, right after a Nobel Peace Prize winner. But, um, but I'm looking forward to meeting her in the green room or something. That's, that's my actual goal. Uh, All right, everybody enjoy themselves this week. We are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.
I was a free man. 